Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, I have to wear the jersey. What did you make of Ireland's first two games before we get into the, this season's Premier League show? Uh, I was actually really disappointed with Ireland in both games. Uh, I thought the squad selection was poor, and I thought the team selection was poor on both choices. I was actually really excited for Stephen King to take over. I was excited to see what sort of brand of football he would play. But I thought like there were simple omissions from the squad, like uh, Obafemi and Smallbone, who both played majority of Southampton's games since the restart. Yeah. And only Manchester United had less losses than Southampton since the restart. Like Southampton were one of the hottest teams since the restart. Both left out of the senior squad. And then in terms of team section, like picking Robbie Brady and Jeff Hendrick, those guys haven't kicked the ball since March. Uh, other, but like Callum O'Dowda, scored one goal in the championship in 32 games. Played 18 times for Ireland, never scored. Uh, Adam Ida scored a hat trick against Preston and then played 19 other games without scoring a goal for Norwich. And he was starting when you had the two Southampton boys there who both scored more. Callum Robinson scored a goal for Sheffield United, went on loan to West Brom, then scored three goals in the championship, didn't get the nod. I can't uh, give out about picking Aaron Connolly because I think he's going to be our best player in about five years' time. 100% agree. By, by, by a long shot. Uh, I just thought it was very, very strange. Um, I've never seen Jason Molumbi play before. Uh, I, well, I think I saw him play in the, against Armenian under-21s game, but like that was the first time I was like, right, this is a competitive game in my eyes. And that was like, seems like brand. The one thing that we were like confident in was our center <laughs> halves, and they were shite. To be honest, I was disappointed that Stephen Kenny used this time to experiment when he actually should have been trying to find his best 11 to go out there and beat Slovakia. So, uh, obviously, people know that we drew and then lost. Um, what, would you make, what would you do differently now in the build-up to the Euro qualifiers? Because the next game is the big one. Like. Um, it's our World Cup final. For, for, me, for me, it's actually quite difficult now. Cause, well, we, let's start at the back. Well, I, I played the exact same, probably back four. I might, I, might, I might actually put uh, Matt Doherty on the bench and start Seamus Coleman. I just think if you want to be as solid as you can defensively, I'd put Coleman in over Matt Doherty. Um, I'd agree with that now. At the beginning, I wouldn't have, but now, yes. So the same back four. Yeah. Uh, same back five, bar putting Coleman in for Doherty. Right, get into the yeah. field then. Uh, Would you stay with three? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm just going to stick with the formation he has out because I, I assume he's not going to do a new formation for the next game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would go James McCarthy just because, like, he has been a defensive blanket in the past. And like, I feel like Ireland need to make sure they don't concede in this game. They need to make sure it's a real cup football game. Uh, I definitely play Hooran. He played a lot for Aston Villa last year, and <laughs> he, he does like to have an L shot. And he's actually not bad on a dead ball either. So he definitely start. The other midfield option. I'm not 100% sure who I want. I think it'll be probably Jeff Hendrick, just because I think, obviously, Newcastle are after signing him. Yeah. If he can get a bit of game time there, uh, he's another fellow who might score a goal. He's only scored two goals in 50 games now, but uh, he might score a goal. And then front three, I think Aaron Connolly... <laughs> he might. Aaron Connolly is cemented on the left-hand side. And as much as like people are really rallying behind uh, Dave McGoldrick these days and thinking like, He's the main man, and the way he's utilised at Sheffield United, uh, he does a very good job for them. I go Shane Long and uh, Obafemi up front. 
they played together for Southampton. Like, they will know each other's link-up play. Why don't we actually just play on that and try and get the ball in the back of the net? Shane Long has scored 17 times for Ireland. Like, if you add up the rest of the squad and put them together, that one would equal Shane Long's goal. For me, it has to start. Yeah. Um, would I change anything in that? I think I'd go for that. Is there anyone else that could play on the right? In terms of subs, like I'd, I'd have Odeuda as a person. Who, or, sorry, no, oh, I like Robbie Brady I'd have Robinson. Bad. Robbie Brady. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think he's bad, but if he's not going to start for Burnley, well, he's not going to be. He's not going to have that like match readiness. If that makes sense. Yeah, you see. Oh, another thing with Brady is the dead balls or the balls he can deliver can also be delivered mm. by a left-footed player in Hurham as well. Mm. So it's sort of it's a like for like, and also Brady. People don't really know what position Brady is as well. Yeah, is he a left back? Is he a left winger? Now he's apparently he's number ten. Yeah. Like, which what's he actually supposed to play? Yeah. Uh, I think Callum Robinson is like a good player to bring off the bench. I think McGoldrick could be a good player to bring off the bench if it's not going our way. Um, and then maybe a Robbie Brady's a good player to bring off the bench. James McLean's a good player to bring off the bench. They'd be the four subs I'd be looking at. Yeah. Like well, I wouldn't have Ida near the Slovakia game. I wouldn't have Odeuda near the Slovakia game. I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree because like before the show, you're like, you better go agree with me. Uh, <laughs> I'll agree with your starting lineup. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not too sure about the Obafemi situation, but I think that that position would be given to whoever is the hottest player then and then. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, there's there's the midfield, and I'd say the right wing. They have the month of club football to like shoot it out to get that position. That's the way I look at it. And who who do you fancy for right now? I know you obviously said Obafemi, but well, no, I actually think it'd be more Shane Long and probably go out right if I was sort of guessing because I feel like he's been more versatile. But I think Callum Robinson has a great chance to get that right wing position, especially considering he's now on a permanent deal at West Brom. Yeah, I was now to say. Yeah, he just signed a five-year contract. So let's see what happens. I know obviously the play, none of the players are match fit, but uh, at least none of the players pulled a Mason Green oh, no, no. and. Oh, I don't really like that none of the players are match fit. They only had like two weeks off as a holiday break and a lot of the players were playing during lock, post-lockdown. So I actually don't wholeheartedly agree that they're not match fit. Like if you take two weeks off, you shouldn't be absolutely jacky ducks. Like those players should be fit and ready to go. Let's be honest, like, you know what I mean? Let, let's, let's not call the space bait. And the Bulgaria players and the Finland players, we don't go, oh, they weren't fit. Yeah, but were they not in the, like they'd already starting back the league supposedly? Uh, Finland have only four players who play in the Finnish league who start in there. The rest of them all play in like Germany and elsewhere. So like, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's just an excuse. To be honest. Also, they're ranked twenty odd point places below us in the world rankings. Another world rankings aren't exactly you know absolute gods, and that's like that's that. But Ireland are much better. Put it this way. Barry, how many players did you know in the Bulgaria team? All of them. And how many players did you know bar Puki on the Finland team? All of them. A bar going to school with Daniel O'Shockensee. Uh, but, yeah, exactly. See what I mean? Like, there were a team of nobodies. And yeah, but look. Look, this is the... Look, uh, like, both games were terrible to watch. They were all shy games and everyone fucking mm. knows it, right? But if we can't just at least say to ourselves they weren't as fitted as they could be, that's the only thing we can take from them games. Because by that, there's nothing to take from it. And uh, I think Stephen Kenny, it, 
like I think it's the right man right now and in the right situation to take that job because they can't get any other managers better to, to give them more money. Like Stephen Kenny obviously took the lowest amount of money to take this job just so he could build up his own uh, name in the, in the game of, of football. So like, the well, thing I, they, I, I, I wouldn't they, say exactly he's the right man for the job because obviously Mick McCarthy was probably the right man for the job. He should have been at least able to fi- finish out his Euros. I think Mick uh, McCarthy had to go because of uh, money situations as well. But, oh yeah, but that's a, that's a different that's a different thing though. Yeah, that's but that's a, what I mean. Financial I mean, decision. Yeah, but that's what I mean. All in all, Stephen Kenny, it was like right, he's the cheapest for right now. Yeah, but you're not getting anyone else in for Stephen Kenny money. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, no, yeah, but like, yeah, but it's like, despite financial turmoil, Stephen Kenny's the right man for the job. That, yeah, that was that, whatever sense that makes, and that was that was it because we're not getting any fans into that stadium as well. It's either stadium, but we're we'll be away for both games, so uh, that doesn't really that won't really matter to us because they we, they won't have the twelfth man on the side. But uh, the only thing I can take is that from that is we're not fit enough, right? So when that big game comes around, everyone hopefully is fit enough, and if they lose, then there's no excuses. Like we have to give them this one mm-hmm. pass because you had three days to train with them, pick different players in different positions, and a lot of them players are not in form anyway. So uh, it was very very disappointing to see, but. Um, Barry, you're saying they're not fit enough. I'm saying it's just bad team selection and bad squad selection. Yeah, so who did you put that on? Stephen Kenny? Well, yeah. Like, I think it is his fault. Like, I think everyone's so quick to defend him because he's this, like, League of Ireland hero. And he's, like, he's one of ours. And, you know, he's from the grassroots. But, like, just because you're inexperienced and everyone's rooting for you. And I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. I'm not going to sit here and just, like, ignorantly say, oh, he did great. I oh, didn't say he did great. Like, no, but like people online are saying he did shit great, and like who said he would do great? Whoever they are, well, so lying. Like yeah, well I know. Yeah, people are like give him a chance. You know what I mean? Like he's trying yeah, give to give him a chance. Like, I agree. Yeah, but they're saying like he's trying to change thirty years of bad football, and he's going to play this great football. Like I'm not solely convinced that he's going to play this unbelievable football, and Ireland are going to be the most must see team on the international stage. <laughs> I know, man. But like, um, let's see what happens. People call yeah. your, people call them friendlies. Shit friendlies, but, you know what I mean? Tell that, to, tell that to Cristiano Ronaldo, what's called, when, when he won the League of Nations. Yeah, and he's, yeah, actually, shout out to Ronaldo going over 100 league caps. I mean, sorry, uh, 100, goals, goals. 100 goals for Portugal. But Ross, this is a Premier League show, and we will be back discussing Ireland's uh, upcoming European qualifier. The date for that is on the 8th of October, away to Slovakia. What day is that of the week? What? What day of the week is that? I'll tell you now. I'll be faster. It's a Thursday. Thirsty Thursdays. Thirsty Thursdays. And then, if they win, if they win and score, um, they'll play the winner of Northern Ireland and Bosnia on the 12th of November. I think that's... Uh, oh, so another month away. That's like an, almost an outrageously long oh, time away oh, after that. That is another month after that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, that's what it says here. But, uh, Ross, this is a pre- if you are new to the show, by the way, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe. We're here every week, and uh, let us know what you think. But Ross, the Premier League is back this weekend. Uh, we haven't even had time off. It seems like far the Irish players getting unfit. We haven't had much time off. There you have it. You know what I mean? You just caught yourself up saying they were <laughs> they were unfit. You caught yourself out. <laughs> I said they were unfit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were like they haven't had much time off. I was like, oh wait, earlier I said they did have loads of time <laughs> off. No, they had loads of time off. That's my point, man. That's my... you're not kind of joking in the show, no. 
Oh, I'll let you on this occasion. Let you on this occasion. Oh, but yeah, the Premier God. League is back. <laughs> is back rapidly. Uh, Liverpool's Premier League celebrations will probably carry on for the rest of the season. We'll have to listen to those Liverpool fans tell us that they're the champions forever. They're still t- saying they're the Champions League champions, even though Bayern Munich won that there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Very yeah, Liverpool. Rub- yeah, you're rubbing it. Very Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, yeah, Ross. Before we get into everything, what we will be going over is uh, we're going to talk about top six, the relegation. Top goal scorer, player of the year, uh, surprise package, whether it be a player or a team or something that could happen. Or, and then uh, Ireland's player of the year as well, Ross. You're dying to go. And that, could that, can that call, include Stephen Kenny? Yeah, I'll let you include Stephen Kenny if you want. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. But uh, Ross, we may as well stop at the very, very top. Top six. Who's going to win the Premier League this year? You know what? I actually think it's a lot harder than I was thought it was going to be. I think the safest bet is to say Liverpool are going to win the league. Uh, despite them, no investment really. I'm not going to include that left back as investment uh, for the new season. No one's come in for them. Uh, they seem to be in financial tor- turmoil really for someone who won the Champions League uh, the year before in the Premier League this year. I mean, what, they don't how have, is that? I don't, I don't really understand it. I know with the Manchester United situation, apparently... They were going to give out share, uh, their bonds for their shareholders in August. And obviously, if they signed someone, that would affect the books. So they gave out their shares in August. So the Glazers got loads of money in August. And in September, they were like, right, now we can buy people because it's like new year, new yeah, financial yeah. year. Dana White loves doing that. Yeah, so I, I don't know whether that was the same story with Liverpool. And we're going to see signings. But, you know, we're nine days into September now. And I've seen no signings. Uh, apparently 30 odd million is too much to buy for Thiago Alcantara uh, I've seen people be like you know Man United and Man City being like oh should we buy him would he fit in to me like him and Kevin De Bruyne are the two best centre midfielders in the world like you buy him and you find a place for him in the team he, he is that good uh, he would definitely start in the Liverpool team it could be I don't know Fabinho himself Henderson whoever whatever way you want to shoehorn him in there uh, Griezmann was linked with Liverpool today for like 100 million but like if they can't afford him they, uh, it sounds like they missed out on Timo Werner uh, and he went to Chelsea they were us, right? for 50 million it seems like they're not going to spend any more than 30 million this season yeah, well, first of all like, I don't know why they're being so scabby I know you brought up that there but when you win the league in the Champions League there has to be some sort of money and the, the year before that getting into the Champions League final and the year before that getting into the Europa League final there and they signed be- a new big deal with Nike as well they changed yeah. Uh, shirt sponsors yeah. I honestly have no idea where their money's going the new jersey is nice as well uh, I actually saw it in the shop and I, was, I actually think I preferred their last season's jersey and I actually I like the Man United jersey I've never seen it in person which one? the red one not oh, the zebra one no not the zebra <laughs> one no but uh, the thing is about Liverpool's midfield right uh, well like we've gone through ourselves Swan United back in 99 after they won the treble they didn't change anything and then that just that's just causes a disaster. But um, the way Liverpool's three in the field, the way all three of them are constantly on the go, on the go, closing down, chasing down, holding mm. down. If you took one of them players out, supposedly when the Adams even the Barcelona, let's see what happens. I say that might actually happen just because it was uh, Dutch toys with, with Coleman. That could be a great move. Mm. But uh, Thiago isn't really a uh, hunter-gatherer. He'd be more of a, a dictator. So maybe if you by taking someone out that would do all the dog work and then putting in someone that isn't really going to do that might hinder what they already sort of have. Like I think 
Klopp's going to have to be really, really picky with what he has. But you're getting such a world-class player in. Like, yeah, what? well, we watched him versus Germany. Uh, when it was Spain versus Germany, he was fairly box-to-box. Box. He was making some really good tackles in the game. And he was probably the best player on the pitch. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think he'd 100% improve Liverpool. And he could definitely adapt to that system. You can't be that good of a player and not adapt. Yeah, well, like he, like he's obviously trying to get the move and get the big money now. So, like, you know, players like they, they tend to perform very at a very, very high level when contracts like negotiate negotiations mm. come up. But uh, that, that, like, let's get like call a spade a spade as you yeah. will. They, they need to invest in talent. Like I'd say in the field, like if they even want to send it back, you'd go for that as well. But they definitely need an attacker in the front three. But like Thiago would be an amazing signing for them, but. There's something wrong if he hasn't already gone yet. Yeah, I, I do think so. I, I still think Liverpool are the team to beat. That starting eleven yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. And they have probably the best wing backs in world football, the best centre half in world football. And they have two of the best attackers the Premier League has seen in a long time in Mane and Salah. So I do I do think they are still the team to beat. Do you think they can win uh, the treble or the double this year? Double as in Premier League, Champions League? No, I, I don't think they'll win both. I think the problem is with their smaller squad, they will struggle to win both tournaments. That's hence why they only won the Champions League and then didn't win the league. And then they won the league and couldn't win the Champions League. But we said last year, well, we definitely discussed it last year when we were looking into last season's show. Little we know COVID was going to happen. But... Um, we were thinking that Liverpool are going to eventually get an injury that would uh, definitely hinder them. And that yeah. didn't happen again, this, like, which is crazy. But this year, yeah. you can't keep getting away with, with no injuries every year and having such a small squad. That just cannot happen this year. I, like, like, I'd make a, I'll make a bet with you. Another can of monsters. So basically, you already owe me six. So if you win, you only owe me five. There's no yeah, way they're all getting away with not getting injured this year. They are definitely bound to get some form of injury, whether it be, you know, obviously. Like, they, would not? Would not well, I suppose. Is, I but. suppose. I suppose. Allison did get injured last year, and Adrian had to step in for a while. So, like they, 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 they did get an injury. I think we just expected more of an outfielder to get an injury. Yeah. Uh, but look, they're the team to beat. Um, in second place, I sort of think Man City are going to finish second. So, uh, we'll sort of get into there. Yeah. Um, do you, by the way, do you think Liverpool are going to win the league again? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, unless Man City got Messi or maybe mm. Thiago, and Liverpool didn't sign anyone, then I could see it sort of different. But like as things stand today, Wednesday the ninth, I can looking at the squads. I think Liverpool are definitely definitely the favourites. Yeah, for me, less as, than hundred points though. Less than hundred points. As as you said, Wednesday the ninth September, I do think that. Manchester City haven't addressed their biggest problem, which hindered them winning the league last year, was centre-back. Uh, America the Port got injured at one stage last year, and they were an absolute disaster. But Stones, not a Mendy, aren't up to scratch, not to win a Premier League. Uh, Eric Garcia looks like a good young talent, but this year isn't going to be the year to blood a 19-year-old into starting every week yeah, and trying to compete for the league. They've just got uh, Nathan Aki. Yeah, I was about to get to him. Nathan Aki. No, you weren't. <laughs> I was because I, I, I was going to get to where they should have gone. Uh, Nathan Aki, 40 million from a relegated Bournemouth. He's only 5'11". For some reason, like when the centre half is nowhere, 
well over six foot, it makes me sort of question them. Uh, but I'm waiting for Man City to be like, right, here's Koulibaly. Here's our absolute destroyer at centre half. Yeah. And they haven't, they haven't got that in. So, yeah. uh, uh, well, yes. And until they do, I don't see them win the league. I don't think you buy Nathan Aki and that makes Premier League winners. Right, so they have Kyle Walker, the right back. And Cancelo. And Cancelo, who can, who's also played left back, unconvincingly. Mm-hmm. They have Laporte, they have Aki. Fernandinho still there. I know that doesn't... They, he's they have Otamendian Stones as well. Otamendian Stones as well. And the, did they sign a left back, no? Or is it, no, they did Zinchenko and Mendy, so... Oh, and Mendy, okay. And, okay. And then they, I think they have your man, uh, the shade head guy, Angelo. Angelo. Oh, oh yeah, from back from Leipzig. Yeah, I think they got he's him. actually really good. If they can get him to stay, their left back's actually sorted. He's, uh, he's all right. He's all right. But he's definitely the best of the three. Well, if Koulibaly comes in, you see, the thing is, they're still going to be able to score goals. You know, I mean, uh, Kevin De Bruyne just won PFA Player of the Year. What, mm. what a player! Like Jesus, that like that is to watch him play football is unbelievable. It's just beautiful. Then like. Um, what are they going to do with their midfield and attack cross? Because obviously we know they have defensive frailties. I think it was lots of teams have defensive frailties. No one's perfect. Liverpool are basically the best. But uh, what are they going to do with that midfield and Ross and attack? Because Aguero's after getting his knee surgery. Who knows what way he's going to react to that? Uh, one of the best players they were playing in the Premier League, David Silva's gone. Yeah, I think uh, Gundogan's going to have to really step up and play a much bigger role in that midfield. I think alongside Kevin De Bruyne. I think Rodgers going to be the defensive midfield. I think that's their midfield starting three. And then up top, Sterling's obviously going to claim that left-hand side. I think there might be a bit of rotation on the right-hand side between Bernardo Silva and Riyad Mahrez. And then Jesus is going to play unless uh, Aguero's fit. And once Aguero's fit, he has to start. Hold on. I don't 100% agree with that midfield of Gundogan, De Bruyne and Rodri. Rodri. Yeah, it just, there's something about Gundog and uh, I'm not overly convinced by. I know he scored there for Germany as well. And like for someone who nearly ended his career through injury, he's been playing a lot of games. But is this the time where Phil Foden gets into that team now? I think we'll see Phil Foden feature a lot. Yeah. But I don't think come, you know, what is it, 19th of September, I think Man City's first game is. I don't think he'll be, he'll be the first name on the team sheet. I think it'll be Gundogan. I think towards the latter end of the season, you'll see Phil Foden's game time increase a lot how good do you think Phil Foden could be Ross I think he could be England's best midfielder he looks like he has a serious eye for, for a goal and on top of that the Man City players are going to instill such confidence in him that I think he could be one of England's best players for a very long time alright so obviously he, him and Greenwood got kicked out of the England squad there recently but uh, let's play a game Phil Foden or Mason Mount I'd, for England or yeah, what am I picking? I think the ceiling is higher with Phil Foden. Phil Foden or Jack Grealish? I probably have Phil Foden. Jack Grealish looked alright when he came on for England. See that? Yeah, but there is something about him that like I don't overly trust, and it's not it's nothing to do with the Irish thing. It's just uh, his off the pitch pitch actions. I think his were a lot worse than Phil Foden's. Phil Foden was like. Some you know princess over in Finland was like, or wherever she was, she was like, "I want to hang out with you," and he was like, 
okay, yes, uh, Jack Reeves was driving his car drunk. Not the same. And I feel like there's a lot more selflessness in Phil Foden than there is in Grealish. Who else would be... Madison. Madison, yeah. Right, well, I'd still pick Phil Foden. I, I think Phil Foden's the best of those. The you, problem is, you, you properly rate him then. Yeah, but the only, the only thing is about him is he, he needs to put a bit more muscle on. He's very slight. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, also, Declan Rice and... Jack Reeders played centre mid for England there all over the weekend. Former yeah, Ireland that, that, that was a very strange way they started. Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, and he was a third midfielder. Oh, yeah. Declan Whoever the third midfielder, I can't remember was. I was like, that's three centre defensive midfielders. Was it Dyer? Maybe, yeah. I think it was Dyer. He, he was playing. I don't know if he was playing centre back, though. Oh, I don't think so. Because they, they brought like 10 centre backs. Yeah, all the centre backs. Uh, yeah, so. That's Man City coming second, right? I know we went off yeah. on a bit of a tangent, but uh, these are the football shows, and this is what this is what we do. Yeah. Also, shout out to the lads in the football group on WhatsApp. That's uh, that's where all the action goes down, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, all the debates. Okay, so then we've Third all spot. we've all agreed with first. We've basically agreed with second and third spot. You saw. Oh, I'm gonna pick. You, you saw in the poll. It went in order of last season's top. Three. Yeah. Manchester oh, yeah. came fourth, uh, third last year. Chelsea came fourth. So Ross, who's coming third? I'm going to say Chelsea are going to finish third. In terms of the players they brought in, Thiago Silva, Kai Havertz, uh, Werner, Ziyech, and then the way they finished last year, you know, I think Pulisic is a fantastic player as well. Uh, even like the depth of midfield, they have Kante, they have Mount, they have Loftus Cheek. You know, the rotation available to Chelsea for next year. Is absolutely incredible. I've got Ben Chilwell's in at left back. I really rate Reese James at right back. Their only problem is their goalkeeper is absolutely diabolical. But Which one? <laughs> Kepa. Uh, but bar that, I think they've done such a good job investing in their squad. I suppose to Manchester United, who finished third last year, who will be my fourth place for this season. I bought one player in Donny Van de Beek. And I think it was very evident last year that Solskjaer does not trust many players past the starting eleven, And until... Manchester United open up that checkbook and get a few more signings in. I don't see them uh, finishing ahead of Chelsea this year. The way I look at it is Man United finished one point ahead of Chelsea last season. Chelsea signings are definitely equivalent to more than one point in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, then going to death about Chelsea. So, uh, obviously, there's their problem in goal. They supposedly are trying to get Donnarumma. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get all black. Like, why not go for the best? But um, the defence, Ross. Yeah, so I really rate Reese James a right back. I think he's a fantastic young prospect for him. And on the plus side for Chelsea, right back at England is so stacked. He probably won't ever be called up this season. So therefore, he'll be with that squad the entire time. He won't be injured going playing for England. Uh, in terms of centre back, like they are stacked at centre back. They have uh, Malang Sar, who they got for free, who's playing the French League last year. Rip off. Thiago Silva, they have Rudiger, they have Zuma. Also, Azpilicueta can play anywhere across that back four. So, I think they will be a lot better defensively this year, especially with uh, Thiago Silva. Whether he even plays a lot or not, just having him there in training, showing the guys positionally and just talking to them will be absolutely phenomenal. And then Ben Chilwell, a left back. I think, you know, someone asked me, was he worth a £50 million price tag? I was like, 
if Wan Bissaka is worth 50 million, why can't Ben Chilwell be worth 50 million? I think he's a very, very good signing. And I also feel like there is left left backs available in the world right now than there is right backs. And I think in terms of left backs, it's probably top 10 best left backs in the world. Yeah, definitely England's number one as well. So, mm. so you don't think Aspel Credit is going to start this year? Because I might have to change my fancy football team then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not overly sold on him as a, a starter. Oh, he's the captain on though. My team. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's going to be the captain on on the pitch on the day. You know what I mean? There's no, been I a think, few I, times. I think Chile is out injured. That's why I didn't pick him. Chile. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah. So they're not like that. Defense seems pretty good. Like if you go on. Obviously, uh, Reese James right back, then centre back Thiago Silva with Rudiger and then left back Chilwell. Like that's pretty good defence. And then what are you looking at in the midfield? Because obviously that's going to drive them to uh, third spots, as you. Well, there is like loads of random rumours that Kante might be leaving, but for me, like you can't have that midfield without Kante. Uh, well, if he's in the squad, like he should be starting. Uh, I'd probably go Kante, uh, Kovacic, or Loftus Cheek, and then. Maybe maybe mount it depends on what way if you're lined up whether you're doing a four three one or whether you're doing a four three three. I think they'll do a four three three. I think Mount will probably see a good bit of game time there. And then up top you probably have Pulisic on the left. You probably have Werner up front, and then on the right probably Kai Havertz. But again, Ziyech they buy him for forty odd million. He could play Mason Mount position. He could play number ten or on the right. I can see him doing a more of a four. Two, three, one. I think Kai Harvard is going to play down the middle. I, I could see that as well. He can do yeah. the right-hand side or down the middle. I think, for me, I think he's going to play on the right. Also, I think Pulisic, Havertz and Werner are going to be the top three because they can all speak German to each other as well, which I think is a massive difference. They can be saying stuff to each other and the defenders in the Premier League won't know what they're saying. What about R- Rudiger won't know what they're saying? Yeah. He'll be like, Guten Tag. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, Chelsea's team are, but that's going to be a, like, a very interesting team to watch next year. Um, obviously, Jeff, uh, Werner and your fancy football team. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. So then, um, number four is Manchester United. Yeah, I have Manchester United. Uh, I looked at Spurs and I looked at Arsenal and I actually gave Arsenal a stronger consideration than I did Spurs for uh, fourth spot. Well, I think Manchester United starting 11 is enough, and I do think there'll be at least one more signing, whether we'll get uh, Regulion, the left-back from Sevilla, uh, to shore up that left-hand side, or will we get Sancho in? Uh, I do see United getting fourth spot. I think their starting 11 is strong enough, and if we keep them fit, and we would sort of rotate almost our B team in for the cup games, I can see United doing very well. Whether we do rotate or not, who knows? Because I'm sure Solskjaer might be like, oh, the Carlin Cup or the FA Cup might be an easier way to secure my job. Uh, let's start at the back, Ross. We're after getting Henderson back into the team, uh, into the squad. Two, we, United now have two of the top five highest paid Premier League goalkeepers. Who do you go for? Get, get game one. Oh, I think David Gea, I, I don't even think it's relevant to who I think. I think David Gea will start game week one. Uh, he did play very well for Spain there against Germany uh, last week. Uh, we watched the game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I hadn't seen him play that well in ages. So I, I was definitely happy with that. I think you have Juan Basaka, I'll be Maguire and Lindelof, and then if Luke Shaw's fit, probably Luke Shaw. I'm already sick of that centre back partnership already. Like, yeah, well, in fairness, 
if it was up to me, I'd sign a centre half. I'm confident enough Greenwood can do a good job, on, like sort of playing on the right wing if you need him to. I think not conceding goals is more important. As all good Manchester United teams did, they built from the back. You had Ferdinand Abidic, you had Yapstam, you had Irwin and Neville, you had Patrice Evra. I mean, like our back was always solid and it gives those four players that bit more chance to express themselves. Like the, the, that's not the, 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 like, when you look at the United's back four, you're like, they're not going to concede much. You know, like you, you feel like Max... Yeah, but I do feel like a Diego Costa or someone could bully Lindelof. You know what I mean? Like Lindelof looks like he can be bullied. I'd love to sign your man from Leipzig, Umkamanano, uh, however you say his name. But like, he's an absolute monster. He scored for France there the other day as well. See, Martial scored as well. To sort of, well, not really, but like he assisted one and yeah. then hit one, hit the post, hit the keeper, and went in. And he was like, yes. <laughs> Martial's on four anyway. But uh, yeah, you know, I need to definitely get a centre back. Mm. Just, just to put. Uh, Maguire and Lindelof like on edge being like I need to perform like I need to perform or else I'm absolutely out of the team not getting back in so then you look at the midfield Ross like obviously Donny van der Beek's have to sign him to be honest I don't think he's going to start I think it's going to be Maddox no. Fernandez, and Pogba neither do I I think he might play 30 Premier League games this year yeah. like yeah, as be, in with appearances but yeah, like Champions like, League final he, the, you know what I mean like he wouldn't be on the team sheet but like, uh, he's definitely going to get a load of games. Yeah, I think he will get a load of games. I think there'll be a lot of him coming on after 60 minutes. And I know who I think, and I'm pretty sure I've said it to you before, but if Van der Beek was to get in, say if Van der Beek all of a sudden came in United's best performer in the field, mm. was, what position or whose position would he take? I think he'd take Pogba's position, yeah. to be honest. I think he's like, the, I Bruno think Fernandes, I think, is the most undroppable player we have. I think I think Van der Beek uh, could eventually take Pogba's position if Pogba doesn't get the thumb out. I think this year, like Pogba, supposedly being the king of the club, is uh, it's this is going to put him on edge. He's literally getting someone who's um, like Pogba is up there in the millions. He's up there with the the big dogs like the Messi's, the Ronaldo's, the Neymar's of being an icon in football. Mm. But this this Van der Beek, uh, he's just like a hard working guy who wants to mm. make a career for himself and uh you know I mean and he's get he's getting he, he's probably one of them guys who's there first thing first like uh first in training training yeah 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 whereas you, you can tell Pogba with the entourage and all he's probably missed missed that uh lift I, I think van der Beek could come in and then make a big like it's all about what you do on the pitch fair enough Pogba you got as loads of instagram followers cheers for the shout out but like are you scoring these goals, this, that, and the other? I think Van der Beek is going to be hot in his heels. And I think he's more of a Pogba position rather than a Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, I think so. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's, that's what I just I think. But just and then up, up front will be the usual suspects, Greenwood, Rashford, Marshall. Unless Sancho comes in, that changes it. And then if Sancho was to come in, who would drop out? I think Greenwood drops out to, at the start of the season. But I think by the end of the season... Rashford might lose it, lose out. Jeez, that's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Uh, okay, so there, that's top four. Ross, uh, honorable mentions for fifth and sixth. Uh, I am going to say Arsenal to finish fifth. I think Arteta looks like well, the players more so look like they've bought into Mikel Arteta's system. Yeah. Um, I Aubameyang think staying. Aubameyang staying. Uh, Lacazette is still there as well. Uh, Saka looks very, very good. Uh, uh, Danny Salabas, Sol- S- is that how you say his yeah. name? 
Yeah. Uh, he's he's still he's coming back on loan. I thought he looked very bright come the end of the season. And then in terms of centre half, you know they have uh, Saliba in there. I think you know Tierney looks like he's going to be one of the best wing backs in the league this season as well on the left hand side. Maitland Niles look good at the end of the year. I think Arsenal's team is starting to really take shape. They're rebuying really Mikel Arteta's uh, system, and I think they believe in him as a manager, and they want to play for him. And the goalkeeping situation, Ross. Obviously, Martinez came in, was very, very good, and then Leno started for. Did he start for Jeremy there the other day? I think he did. Yeah. So who takes up the number one position? Because I was doing my fantasy football team, and I was like, who do I pick from either United or Arsenal? Uh, for me, I think Martinez should start. Yeah. I think while he's hot and while he's doing it, I'd pick him. I don't think Leno's confidence will be that knocked because he could be still carrying some sort of niggle of an injury. I'd start game week one with Martinez. He won the cup against City, or he won against City and then uh, they beat Chelsea in the cup. You know what I mean? Like, He's the man in form right now. That's who I'd pick. Yeah. It's just out of curiosity because uh, you actually don't... It's actually a tough mm. call, really. Yeah, well, I think Burn Leno obviously has the bigger name, the bigger reputation, but if they were just called Phil and Lil, you know what I mean, and Martinez was Lil, you'd be like, right, well, Lil's been better since he started playing. That's just a fact. Yeah. And then... Um... I'll go for Arsenal fifth as well. I think they're really going to push United mm. if United don't get Sancho. Although if United get Sancho, I can see them really, really them and Chelsea battling it out for third and fourth. But then, uh, Ross, who are you going to go for sixth? Is it going to be the all or nothing infamous Jose Mourinho team? I think it will be Spurs. I think, no, Harry Kane's going to minimum score you 15 Premier League goals in the season. Uh, minimum? Minimum, yeah. Yeah, more than that. Well, he gets injured all the time as well. So, like, that's why I say minimum 15. I think he only scored 17 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Son's got at least grabby 10 goals as well. Uh, look. One of the best players in the league. He is definitely one of the better players in the league. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I think Wolves and Spurs are close to even, to be honest, in terms of their starting level. But I think one thing that Spurs did that both of them is they actually took Matt Doherty off Wolves and I think I don't think Matt put Matt Doherty in at Wolves or in at Spurs actually makes Spurs like you know if they were a 7 out of team 10 team they're probably like a 7.2 out of 10 now but I think it takes like Wolves from 7 out of team to a 6.5 out of 10 like a lot of their attacking channel came from Doherty and Traore and without Doherty there I think that very much a weakened Wolves I think for 15 million to let him go, you're never going to repl- be able to replace Matt Doherty with that 15 million. Yeah, so what worthwhile again? He must. They must have someone coming through the youths, or else they wouldn't have sold him for that cheap. They would have just kept him for the end of the season and then go for free. Who knows? Well, they put down 35 million for the silver fellow who I've never heard of before. Is this a striker? Uh, I, I actually don't even know what position he plays. But there was talks of a damage right moving into right wing back. And having him bombing up and down the whole way. I've never seen him uh, put in a slide tackle now, but... They, go for, they could go for Diogo Delo. They've been looking for him from Manu. Yeah, true. And he does have that, uh, those Portuguese toys. So, it's not that, a terrible show. That Wolves team are class. They're, yeah, they are. Um, 
So like you think Spurs and Wolves are going to battle it out? I'd agree. Yeah. What about Everton? Everton seems to be making a few moves as well. And shout out Paul Nealon. So. Yeah, uh, look, they're after getting James Rodriguez. I don't know if uh, Alan or Decor has been linked, but there was like photos. I Liverpool. I think Decor. I think Decor signed last night. Well, there was photos like last week of Decore and James Rodriguez eating in a restaurant in Liverpool think, with Ancelotti. I think Alan signed as well, sorry. Yeah, so that's a brilliant midfield. Whether they can gel it together or not, who knows. But Ancelotti is definitely someone who these players are going to play for and give their all for. I think they're going to buy into a system. I think the current Everton crop players are going to go... Geez, look, the players he's bringing in. He's bringing in James Rodriguez. You know, he was the best player in the World Cup a few years back. Yeah. Uh, won the Champions League with Real Madrid. I mean, did it all with Bayern Munich as well. I think they're going to go, right, this is a serious talent that he's after bringing in. Club. Yeah. He means business. I think Richarlison and I even think Calvert-Lewin up front, you know what I mean, are going to get their fair share of goals. I can see them at least getting 12 goals each in the Premier League season. And Ever Everton are going to try and break into the top six permanently. I think now's their time to push on with Ancelotti as manager. Is Ancelotti still with it? I'm not 100% sure if I would be like, tactic, not tactically whether he plays the most exciting football, but I think in terms of going up against another manager in a game-by-game situation, do I think he has the ability to out-tactic another manager? I think he does. I don't know if maybe he does with a better team. But with Everton, I don't know. I don't like he's definitely this is sort of the beginning of the end. Like winding down end, if you know what I mean. Like same sort of thing with Mourinho. I don't I, I don't know if Ancelotti could invest another ten years into a footballer. I think it's it's sort of like he needs the made ready made to play now. So you, you just don't think he's going to develop the Everton youngster? Is that what you're saying? No, like I'm sure he gives some players a few games. I know we brought on that guy. I think he's Scottish who played right wing for Everton. I, I think I know the fellow you're talking about. But like they have some young good players there. Like Tom Davies is there. And he's only young. He plays midfield. He doesn't really, uh, they, he's not going to choose there really. It's someone like Calvert-Lewin. I don't know if... Ancelotti is going to stay in Merseyside for 10 years and bring him all the way through to become a Harry Kane. I just don't see it happen. But I mean, like, I could be wrong, but it's just sort of what I see. But, um, Ross, what time what is Rodriguez going to do for Everton? I know you we were just talking about it there, but this is a huge name to sign for Everton. And uh, he's basically going to want to, he's going to want to play every game because of the amount of football he's missed there recently. But uh, is he going to play in the hole? Do you think they'll stick him out on the left or the right? Because their second most expensive player, Sigurdsson, 50 million plays in that hole as well, just behind the, the striker. Oh, you could definitely see him playing in behind the, in behind the two strikers. Uh, more so because he likes a shot. I, I don't think Sigurdsson is as willing to fire a shot. He's more of a dead ball, long range, 20, 30 yards out. So, uh, he's lethal. But in terms of open play, Hamas Rodriguez within 30 yards of goal, is a very dangerous player to have. Do you know and I see him playing in, in behind the two with two lads. John, it just reminded me of that Hamas Rodriguez move. If it works out for what we can sort of see it being, it, it would be like the Payet move to West Ham. I think it could be yeah. one of them sort of things, you know? It definitely could. He could, you know, turn a club on its head almost. Yeah, or else it'll end up being a Balotelli to Liverpool. Well, yeah. the, the, other, the other side of Everton is they're very weak defensively. Like I'm not sold on Michael Keane as centre half 
And I think Pickford is like a very bang average goalkeeper as well. So defensive, I don't think they're great. Their wing backs are good and Seamus Coleman and uh, Dignick. But the rest of the team, I'm not like brilliant. Gary Mean, I think, is good. He's like massive, which I always think helps. Yeah. But I'm not mad on Michael Keane and Pickford. Is there any other teams who are, who are funny enough in the England squad at the moment? Yeah, I'm not mad in them either, but I, I think Pickford's better than uh, Keane. Um, is there any honorable mentions for the likes of like Sheffield United or Ross? Do you think they're going to be able to do anything, or does any other team? Um, I, I Le- Leeds have to get promoted. Yeah, Leeds, but I don't think Leeds are going to do enough to get into the sort of top six talks. I think uh, Leicester City are a team who were leaving out altogether. Yeah, Leicester as well, yeah. Uh, look, I think every year I question it and like I've been proved wrong, but can Jamie Vardy do it again? You know what I mean? I think that question gets asked every single year. Uh, Harvey Barnes looks decent on the left, but I mean, they still haven't really found a replacement for Riyad Mahrez since he's gone. Like, someone to actually assist. Um, Vardy's scoring 10, 15 goals a season. I don't think Perez is going to be that guy. Uh, their midfield is still brilliant in Didi, uh, Tilsons, and Madison. Like, that's a very, very strong midfield. Uh, Chilwell's gone. I don't know who they're going to play left back. Uh, I know they have a guy, Justin James. He looks he looks decent, but I don't know. They sort of sold Chilwell at 50 million in the bank, and I haven't seen them buy anyone. So, if anything, that makes them worse than last year. And they weren't exactly fantastic post lockdown. Yeah, their squad wasn't big enough. But um, no, it's going to be interesting anyway. I think next year is going to be the most competitive the Premier League's been in a long, long time. I still think. I definitely agree. I still think Liverpool and Man City will do very well and a quote above the rest. But I think everyone else is going to be battling it out. Like having Leeds back in, that's that's great because that just makes like another like weeks of fixtures way more interesting. It's like, oh, how do Leeds do? You know, because they're going to. I think they'll probably get in the top ten. But like even Newcastle are buying players as well, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, I mean, well, Ross. One thing, one thing I will say on that Barry is I also think. The winner of the Premier League this year will probably win the Premier League with about 86 to 88 points. It won't be the high 90s this year either. So you, you, don't, you, don't, think, you don't think the person that, the team that wins the league this year will get over 89 points? I, I think they might end up with like 92, maybe at a max. But I, like it won't be... No one will be looking at the 100 points this season, put yeah. it that way. Yeah, and I think the teams that finish fourth, instead of having like 66 points, it'll be over 70 points. Yeah, okay. And then, um, Ross, relegation. Let's get into it. Last year, we thought Sheffield United we were relegated, and we were terribly wrong with that. But uh, Yeah. Um, I actually find the relegation quite interesting this year. One team who I was like not very sure of last year, who I felt actually pretty wrong, is I think Brighton have a good defence. I think in Neil Mopoy, they'll do enough to stay up, and they would have been a team I would have looked at before. And went, maybe they'll go down. I think Aston Villa are after trying Ollie Watkins today um, from Brentford and he scored an awful lot of goals last year in the championship. He's one of the top goal scorers there. Whether he can do it in the Premier League is another thing. Yeah. I still think Aston Villa are going to get de- go down even with that signing. I just feel defensively like they're not up to it and I don't like their goalkeeper. I think Nyland is his name. I don't think he's very good. For who? So, Villa. Well, Reina was playing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to be playing next year. He's like, 38 or something now. Granddad. Better than Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, I don't know. I just don't think Villa are going to stay up. All right, so there's one. And, Aston Villa is one. Uh, I don't think West Brom are going to stay up either. Um, RIP Callum Robinson has his new five-year contract. And I probably don't think Fulham are going to stay up either, to be honest. I think they're going to be the three to go down. I think Leeds will stay up. Like, uh, I've pretty much agreed with nearly everything you've said in the show as well. I think that's because we spent too much time hanging out. So, like, my opinions have become your opinions, your opinions become my opinions, and then it's just one energized opinion. But uh, there's something about West Brom that's just, it's just like a horrible team. Not like, you're, you're, you're not like, like that fixture you're never even looking forward to. So, like, I'm going to go West Brom to get relegated. I, I just saw the fellow Burke that they had as well. Is that going to Sheffield United? And he's a decent Scottish uh Scottish player. Then um, Fulham, just because they're so up and down, up and down, up and down, like a Brazzers Knickers. And then um, Aston Villa. If it, give me another team they're off. Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Burnley. For some reason, I know, I know, I know you said Brighton, but for some reason, maybe Brighton. I don't know. I think Jack Grealish, if he's, he's obviously going to stay, I think he's going to do better with them next year. So I don't think that... I'm going to do, I'm One gonna, thing I will say about Brighton is I think their midfield is a bit poor. They almost... They, after COVID, they sort of like got into a run. Remember, they beat Arsenal. Remember that sort of stuff. Mm. I'm going to go Brighton, West Brom, and Fulham to go down. Also, my, my cousin supports Fulham. A few of them actually do. But, uh, so hopefully they don't, but... Let's see what happens. Ross, let's get into the top goal scorer then. Uh, top goal Jamie scorer. Jamie Vardy got it, got it last year. He did indeed. Top goal scorer for me this year is going to be Pierre Aubameyang. Pierre Hoiberg. For Spurs. No, no, I'm going to go for Aubameyang. I think Aubameyang with this Arsenal setup under Arteta is definitely going to be their top goal scorer and I think he could definitely score 25 goals this season he also hits the penalties there as well so that's what I'm going to go with he also has the ability to like score a hat-trick in the game which I think if you are going to be top goal scorer you need to be able to score a few braces or a hat-trick throughout the season he's going to be my pick for top goal scorer this year what about yourself Basmo what about Jamie Vardy oh, I see Jamie Vardy scoring about 17 goals this season if I feel like Leicester are going to finish outside the top six, I feel like Vardy won't be top goal scorer. But if Leicester finish inside the top six, Vardy has a chance of being top goal scorer. Right, well, He's become like more a focal point for them than ever. Well, if you're looking last year, right, Jamie Vardy won it with 23 goals. Aubameyang came second with 22 goals, joint with Danny Ings. Uh, fourth was Raheem Sterling with 20. Salah came fifth with 19. And then Harry Kane, Mane... Both on 18, Raul Jimenez 17, so as well as Rashford, as well as Martial. Aguero was 16, obviously, he was all injured. And then uh, Tammy Abraham's 15, Jesus. Put it this way Sergio Aguero will be top goal scorer in the Premier League every season if he played 38 games. His goal to minute ratio is like a goal a game. Yeah. I think it's going to be Salah. Maybe Mane, but I think it's going to be one of the Liverpool players. They just sort of coast through games. It's actually. Uh, I have a funny feeling Salah's going to outshine Mane this year. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I'm, I'm going for that. I don't know why. I think Salah. Is also, just like, Salah's on the penalties now as well. Is he, yeah. Milner's going to play a lot less. 
Yeah, I think it's because maybe Salah felt like the limelight was sort of leaving him there last year, mm. and he's like, Do you know what, I want that again. Maybe he was trying to get a move, but now that's not possible. But who knows? So, uh, uh, question for you, Barry. How many goals do you think Timo Werner is going to score? Because he's obviously the biggest striker who's coming into the Premier League this season. I know, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Is it like, Man City or Liverpool or Man United haven't signed a striker. Felt did. Arsenal didn't sign a striker. Spurs didn't sign a striker. Callum Wilson went to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many goals is um, Werner going to get in the Premier League? Yeah. I'll say at least 15. I was thinking the same. I was thinking sort of 17, 18, 19 mark. Yeah. That in around there. 20 is a lot to ask for in your first league this season. Because mm. they're, they're obviously going to be having to go through the motions and sorting things out. But, but, I, but I also think Pulisic and Havertz are going to chip in quite a bit with, with their own goals. They might score 10 goals each, which will like probably take away from Werner's toll. Is there a German goalkeeper? Chelsea could get... Yeah, Leno. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, no, because their whole spine could have been German then. Ish being, is it? <laughs> but, uh, so I'm going to go top goal scorer, Salah. You're going to go Aubameyang. Player of the season, Ross, because uh, Kevin De Bruyne is the champion this year. Kevin De Bruyne is the Undisputed. champion Undisputed. <laughs> For me, I'm going to say Virgil van Dijk. Uh, each time I see this fella, he, he seems to get better and better. I think he's absolutely phenomenal on the ball as he is off the ball. His level of calmness is phenomenal. And it's very strange that I, you'd almost say the best player is a centre-back because normally that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I just think he, position for position, I think you could argue he's the best player in the world. I'm going to go for Bruno Fernandes. Just what he's done since he's come to the club. Now, I know some of his records can be padded with, with uh, penalties, but um, it doesn't look like he's going to miss a penalty as well. And um, Question on that, Baz. Do you, think he, do you think someone, a team can finish fourth and that player can win player of the season? You see, that's the thing. They need, they need to come in third. Like, I quite, I'm quietly confident United you know, will get us to third because I, I believe they will get Sancho. But as things stand right now, it's like... I, I see them come, foresee them coming forth mm. but uh, I think over the duration of the season you know like Van der Beek would only get better mm. iron sharp as iron I put it this way neither of us would be surprised to see a Salah a Salah or a De Bruyne win it either yeah yeah I know yeah. it was just it was just give you a curveball sort of thing mm. there, you know but uh, that actually leads into the surprise of the season Ross you actually came up with this one here like so what, what are you thinking like surprises in like Liverpool, uh, sorry, like Liverpool, Santiago, or like, uh, like, oh no, Solskjaer got fired. I, I, I was more say, saying like someone who would far outperform where they think like if you think like Danny Ings could have been surprised this season last year, you know, twenty-two goal, second top goal scorer. Yeah. Um, I think I, 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 I was thinking Leeds originally because, but like, I feel like everyone's on the Leeds bandwagon now that they're gonna like going finish. Uh, in the top 10 and they're going to be you know this force we reckon with for years um i'm not actually 100 percent sure what my surprise of the season is going to be but what i'm going to say is mason greenwood scores more goals in the premier league than marcus rashford and anthony marshall put together no he's the top goal scorer for man united in the premier league 
Do you think he'll go to Euros? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. As long as he keeps his Tinder turned off. <laughs> <laughs> Grinder. But, uh, no, that's actually a decent surprise. The surprise of the season. Messi signs for Man City at the end of the year. That's not really a surprise, but... Well, it wouldn't be not a surprise either. Yeah. Because he said he's staying at Barcelona now, so I don't know whether that means he signs a one-year contract, he signs no contract. Who knows what he's going to do? Liverpool should try and get Suarez. I know he's linked with uh, Juventus, but they should probably try and get him now because that would fit him. That, that's actually a brilliant time for them. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, see, what, what would you do without here, man? You know, you have miles ahead, streets ahead. Ross, another random question I was going to bring up. Um, will COVID be sorted out by the end of the season? My biggest worry is actually COVID to be sorted out for Euro 2021. Like it's mad how things are opening back up and it's like things are getting worse. But um Ross, I didn't wear the shirt for no reason. Barry, listen to you. Slay Steel Kenny, Kenny. Right. So Ross, who's gonna be Ireland's player of the season? For me, I think if Ireland are to qualify for the Euros and get the job done, I think it's gonna to have to be Aaron Connolly. That's actually not a bad show. I'm just going to go for uh, Doherty and just play, play it safe. But, uh, Ross, is there anything else to say? The Premier League is back this weekend. Um, no, I think that wraps it all up, to be yeah. honest. First, so, game on, first game's on Saturday. It's getting kicked off by Fulham versus Arsenal mm. half 12. We're obviously, indeed. We're obviously going to do all the, the crack. And then United are back the week after as well as Man City. So there's, it's going to be non-stop action kicking off this Saturday. Can't wait. Ross, and as I say, to the lovely people that have been checking out the show and followed our whole journey. No, just make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay stay energized.